Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show where we get up close and personal with great, amazing, up-and-coming artists. And as always, we have an awesome show for you today with, with Taylor Goyette. And I really love something he did, him and his girlfriend did that I seen on their Facebook page earlier. They did it on Valentine's Day, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. I'll let him talk about it. But anyway, Taylor, are you here? Hey, how's it going? I'm here. Going good, and how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Just sitting here in uh, in my apartment, uh, staring out the window. <laughs> Don't you love how technology has changed everything? What's that now? Don't you love how technology has changed everything? Where years ago you'd have to show up to places for interviews, and now you can do them right from your home. Yeah, that's it's it's pretty good. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from where you're now and maybe some of your hobbies you do outside of music. Um, I was born in Rhode Island and then I moved to Florida when I was a kid with my parents. Uh, and mm. so I grew up down in Florida and then I started writing songs. When I was about 14 and moved to Nashville when I turned to like, a little, a little after I turned 21, about six months after. Oh, wow. And, um, and I've been here since February of 2014. Uh, I, I guess probably uh, besides play guitar, sing, and write songs, which is one of those hobbies that kind of just turned into, like, a career path. So <laughs> oh, wow. besides being wow. in love with that, I mean, honestly, I, I just like to hang with my friends and, uh, you know, be outdoors. I like to go hiking and stuff like that with my girlfriend. And uh, I, any chance I get, I, I you kind of just usually go hang with a buddy, go hang at somebody's mm-hmm. house and drink beers and cook some food. And I, lo- I love to cook. Uh, I'm pretty pretty simple. I actually I don't spend a lot of time doing a lot of other things because I'm so focused on uh, being successful that I I'm usually just working. <laughs> but it's not work to me. It's not work. It's it's fun. Yeah, like they say, if you know when you find your passion, you don't work a day in your life. No man, and that's I think that's the truth. I mean, my parents always told me when I was a kid, like the biggest thing they wanted for me was just wake up and love what I do every day, and I really feel like I do that. Oh wow. Because that's one thing that we have learned as we interview a lot of people and talk to people in the industry and people I've seen on Facebook is the hardest thing for artists is to get convince their parents that this is a route they can do. Mm-hmm. Because that wasn't a big say, yeah, that wasn't a big struggle for me. Uh, that like my dad always played music. My dad always sang. He always played piano. Oh, wow. And. Um, as soon as I started writing songs, like they knew mm-hmm. that there was something special about what I was doing <laughs> and mm-hmm. they just, they never really got in the way. And they always were just like, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, uh, it was never like, there was one time, uh, after I moved to Nashville, I was, I was in Nashville mm-hmm. for about a year and, uh, mm-hmm. I, tore my meniscus. I tore my meniscus and I went home for surgery to have, uh, like knee surgery done. And my dad, mm-hmm. my, my dad was like, this is the warning shot across the bow. You can come back home and get your job back. Cause I had a good job. And I had a job with benefits. <laughs> I was in the, I was in a union. I had health insurance and I left all that to come here and like oh, well. not know what, the, not know what was going to happen with my life. There was no security. There was no surety. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I remember he was, he was nervous and skeptical, but uh, mm-hmm. now that it's been, some, I've spent some time and like now I have a publishing deal and I've I've mm-hmm. done some things that have validated uh, my choice and he's uh, he's he's super proud of me and they're super supportive. And you know it's good that because it, it get you know I've got friends of mine that 
have been 15 years in their career, and I'm not talking about music here. I'm talking, you know, like lawyers, doctors, and stuff like that. And I, and when you sit down with some of them, not all of them, there's some that they feel that's their passion. But there are some you sit down with, and they're miserable. And you're like, you know, you, and I'm like, why are you miserable? It's like, I, I hate my career. I'm like, well, why'd you go that career? I mean, you were 15 years in and, and eight years of college or however long it was. And um, they're like, oh, my parents pushed me this way. And yeah. now the and and because of that now they are mis and and I and, and almost every episode of this show, I talk about this issue because I I keep mm-hmm. praying that there's parents that listen to our show sometimes, passion as people might say, out of their kids, <laughs> for that. Well, and I, security. You know, it's 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 not only something that like parents <clears throat> do, but society does it too, and to an extent. That's true. And. But it's it's a thing like people just they think they just want what's best for the kid and and, and usually and, and I think in most people at the bottom of their hearts mm-hmm. they do just want what's best for their kid and yeah. but they they yeah. think they know mm-hmm. what's best for their kid versus that's the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. let their kids they decide that. And at the end of the day, you kind of you just have to like I mean you know when I came here I I didn't know what I was mm-hmm. doing it took me a couple yeah. of years to realize like where I should be spending my time, where I should, mm-hmm. what, what I should be prioritizing, where I should be focusing. And uh, those are things that I think people learn at all different stages of their lives. Yeah. Um, whether, whether it, it might hit, it might smack them in the forehead when they're 16 and they might be like, I, I know exactly what I do, what I want to do, how I want to <laughs> do it. And the mm-hmm. road it's going <laughs> to take to get to where I need to be. And some people don't realize that till they're 35. And I don't think there's a, 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 a problem with either of those things. Yeah, and I think your your I think your path too can always change. No, exactly, and you're right about society because I I've seen so many people say, well, just go get a real job, and they don't get when when music's in your heart, and you feel like it's God led. There's not much you can do about that. <laughs> and and I remember when we we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014, and one of the questions I asked her was what advice she would give. Uh, up-and-coming artists, and I always like to talk about this quote that she said to me back then because I think it's, I think this is what people need to think about as they step into this crazy arena. But she she said, coming from some someone who's full time, this was her words. This might sound kind of funny, she said, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that. And just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because there's so many sacrifices that we have to make as musicians. And and not just us, but our family has to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Our body sacrifice. We have to eat different. We have to do this and we have to do that. And so much of that takes such such a draw out of us. We have to get on stage when we're not happy and be happy. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so she said, if you can, if your heart will allow you to do anything else, go do that. She says, but. If you're at the point where you know your heart will not allow you to do anything else, then go all in. And I've always remembered that. Totally, man. No, and it's like going back to the thing where you said uh, people say, go get a real job. Uh, imagine if Bob Dylan had listened when someone said that to him. <laughs> True. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, right. Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine if yeah. someone had said, you know, imagine if someone, imagine if they had listened when someone said that to them. Because, of course, every artist hears that. 
Yeah, totally. And the, the thing is, too, it's tough because, you know, in this industry, you're a, you're a nobody until you're a somebody. That's true. <laughs> and, and that's Everyone, why we try to give, I guess, what people would say is nobodies, even though we think there's somebody, a platform to tell their story. Yeah, man, and I appreciate it very much. So, so, um, and we thank you for that. Um, so, tell us what you did on Valentine's Day. I really love this. Oh man, um, so it was actually I can't take all the credit for it. I can actually, actually, I can't really take any of the credit for it. It was mostly Kelsey's idea. Uh, she's got she's got a lot of good ideas, but um, no, she uh, so her birthday is on Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. so oh, wow. she, her whole life, like her birthday is always laying on Valentine's day. And it's just, it's been one of those things that she always kind of hated because she just wanted it to be her birthday, you know? And, uh-huh. and, uh, mm-hmm. another thing was that she, she never really, um, until like me, like she never really had a good Valentine's day, like all of her mm-hmm. Valentine's day was kind of never went how you want a Valentine's day to go. And so mm-hmm. we talked about it and like, we just thought it'd be cool <laughs> to, to do that for the people who, aren't necessarily in love on Valentine's Day and and going, you know, and having, maybe they're not having the, you know, all the other, what about all the other people who, you know, aren't having a good day on Valentine's Day? So we, yeah. we did a, we did a heartbreak song and uh, we, we tried our best at it. I think we did a pretty good job. I liked it. I really loved um, your version of, of what if I'd never got over you. I really love Yeah, what if I never get over you by Lady Annabelle? Yeah. I probably should have said yes. that. Sorry. Yes, I heard it too. Really good version of it. Thank you so much. So talking about Nashville, how long have you been in Nashville? I've been in Nashville since February two thousand fourteen, so uh I just hit six years uh, in February. Oh wow. And you know they say Nashville is a ten year city. I've always heard that. Well, when I moved here, it was a seven-year town, and then after about three years, they said it was a ten-year town. Yeah, you're probably like, hey, you're taking years from me here. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I actually think because of the social media and Internet and all that, I think that's shrinking now. Done well, right. it's almost it, – the industry's changing too. I mean it's, it's, ever, it's ever evolving because of technology, because of new platforms – and mm-hmm. the industry itself is trying to keep up with those platforms because, you know, they obviously don't want to lose, you know, uh, the, the, the bigger, you know, I, I want to say maybe like conglomerates don't want to lose control of mm-hmm. that because obviously they want to be. And they're losing a, it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know the, to the details of all it, so I can't speak on that, but um, I, I definitely feel like that's a thing, you know, technology moves so fast. It's hard to keep up with. And that's something that we've learned. Like we ta- we um, interviewed Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville a few weeks ago because we started a new segment called State of the Music Businesses it, where we interview executives on the business side of music. And we're talking mm-hmm. about this whole technology thing. And he was – his recommendation for artists is like never, ever, ever sign onto a label until you've built your foundation because if you, if you don't have a foundation built – you just got screwed. <laughs> I I hear that a lot, and I think it it kind of just depends. I think what you want your career to look like. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if if you want to have a lot of creative control, then signing yeah, yeah. a record deal, especially early on in your career, before you really mm-hmm. have a, a strong identity, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think signing early on 
it doesn't necessarily mean you're not gonna you're gonna have a bad career, but it it, it could it could I think quite possibly mean that you, you're gonna have a career that maybe you didn't set out for. Yeah, and yeah. And, and you know, mm-hmm. and with the tool, like Joe was saying, with the tools we have today, he he says I've got artist friends who you know because of the tools that they don't want to have nothing to do with a label right now. They're not saying that they won't later, but right now they don't because you know they control their schedule. They they do this how they want to do it. They put out the music they want to put out, and they're profiting one two hundred thousand dollars a year. He said they're happy. They do not want that control. So they would much rather make two hundred thousand dollars profit a year than a million dollars a year being controlled. But the the other side of that coin is they might even not be able to have the opportunity to be on a platform where they're making a million dollars a year because they don't have the label. So there's that there's that perspective too. It's it's like it's kind of hindsight's twenty twenty. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because because like um, <clears throat> Gabby Barrett, um, who was who got number three on Idol, um, from what I understand, I know her family a little bit, and um, from what her dad said, because she when she left Idol, she you know a lot of people when they leave them shows like that, they think that that's going to be their success. And we all know that's not true. <laughs> the work actually starts after that. And from what I understand, that she put so much work in put, and built the following, like, double, triple, quadruple, whatever it is now. And she ended up getting one of the biggest deals ever as a rookie artist on Warner. Mm-hmm. And But she wouldn't have got that if she didn't um, build that foundation. I think that's... I think that's where he's right, that that if you want the right deal, you really do need to find that foundation because, I, you know, we, we interview a lot of artists, and including some that's been burned because they took a deal too early. Yeah. So how has Nashville treated you? Man, it's been great. Uh, it's It's been a whirlwind of emotions and mm-hmm. a lot of self-doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of moments, a lot of moments too, where I feel like I'm on top of the world and I'm winning. I mean, that's just kind of how this business goes too. Is like some days you feel like you're, you got it all figured out, and then the next day you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> but uh, no, man, it's it's been great. When I first moved here, I actually, I I knew I always wrote country music. I actually started I write mm. I started writing when I was 14, and I'd always written country songs. And then when I got here, um. I I got derailed a little bit just because I, mm-hmm. I got a little discouraged with the the town and like and just how, kind of how it all worked. I I, I was intimidated by it and uh, I had a I I ended up befriending a kid who was a rock and roll dude and I, I ended up being mm-hmm. in a rock band for like two years. I played bass <laughs> oh, and wow. sang lead vocals in a rock band called Fluid Notion, and then uh and I did that for a little bit and then I I met Kelsey and I kind of just started focusing on my own thing a little bit more and I I had always. I had always been writing country songs that whole time, but mm-hmm. just never really, I wasn't laser focused on, you know, being uh, an artist and getting a publishing yeah. deal and being exactly. a successful songwriter and like, you know, letting those things take priority. And so uh, I've really been honing in on that in like the past three years, probably two, like mm-hmm. maybe two, two to three years. I've really been super focused on, you know, having success as a songwriter, having success as a solo artist and really focusing my time there. And since since doing that, I, I've just felt like 
a lot of the stars have just be- started to align more than ever because awesome. of my ability to just, you know, just yeah. hyper focus, you know, and 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 put uh, basically more eggs and you know less baskets. <laughs> yeah, and you know we we fully get what you're saying when you talk about that that not knowing where things are going because again with new country media right now we're in the same boat as most artists. You know, we don't really make a dime with this right now. We hope to yeah. one day. We do well, side yeah. gigs. We got to help each other. And we do side gigs like the restaurant delivery stuff and to keep us afloat <clears> and so <throat> we can stay flexible. Because, I mean, we could, so That's many people right. told us, just like artists, well, why don't y'all just go get regular jobs? Well, we don't want regular jobs. We want the flexibility so that we can build our brand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, and that's, you know, I mean, even. People that have built successful businesses, and it doesn't matter what industry it's in, it's any business. They they've taken risks. They didn't have a normal job. Uh, they were broke. I mean, they 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 missed meals. You know, they they missed nights of sleep uh, because they were they were making that sacrifice. I mean, uh, it goes all the way back to the guy who started Samuel Adams, the beer company, and mm-hmm. uh, like Zig Ziglar, mm-hmm. the motivational speaker. I mean, yeah, but I love him. Motivational well, speaker. I mean, he he said one thing. Uh, he had one lady come up to him one time after an event where he spoke, and she said, "I bet you make a lot of money to do this." Kind of like you know, sassing him a little bit. And he yeah. said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, but what you don't know is all the times I drove all the way to you know the middle of nowhere, and I did and I did an event for free <laughs> to build my brand, yeah. to build my business." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we now he is working. So everybody's got to <laughs> do it, man. If you're trying to, if you're trying to start your own business because that's what this is i mean you know and, mm-hmm. and all in all that's what this is it's it's a business and i mean and i love it but that's that's what it is you got to make sacrifices yeah because because sandy and i feel the same way like what allison said about the your you know if your heart will let you do anything else and she kind of brainwashed me into this whole country music thing i'll be honest I was I liked country music but i wasn't like obsessed and when we married 17 years ago she's obsessed and She's rubbed off on me, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we've built something here that I'm like, you know, when I think of Allison's quote, I'm like, I don't think I can now do anything else. I've done been brainwashed into this, and like, you know what, <laughs> you know, it's like that song, um, Free and Easy, where it talks about I could make a million or wind up broke, free and easy down the road I go, and yeah. I'm like. That's me. It's like that's us, and I know that's the average artist yeah. too. That that they mm-hmm. y'all feel that way. That you know what you know that that break's going to come one day, if you don't give up. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, I mean, think that's hey, where a every, big art. Every right. successful artist, every successful musician, uh, they 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 are pretty much the byproduct of not giving up. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because when you hear their stories and you're like, wow, you know, they went they when they tell their full story of this, 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 this. And even I, even though I'm one of them that believe that you don't give up, sometimes I hear people's story and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny too. I'll have people, you know, say to me, and I, mm-hmm. I mean, I have I, I have friends who are in the military and went mm-hmm. fought overseas, and they'll come to me and be like, "Man, you're you got so much courage for just moving <laughs> to Nashville." I'm like, "You flew to another country and." <laughs> got shot at and you're telling me i have so much courage for just moving to another city in the united states like 
Okay. But that, it is. I mean, like, it's, it's it's a passion. And, and you know, I, I like on that same front what you just talked about, I had a friend of mine, and, I, and he's this guy who's made a lot of money in his life. I mean, I guess he's a little old, about 10 years older than me or so, something like I'm 48. So he's in his 50s, I think. Now, if he's listen, if he ends up listening to this, I hope I got that right. <laughs> but he he recently now again he's he sat down with a he sits down with a lot of CEOs who make a lot of money. He's not scared of nothing. And he recently told me, he says because we do this show live, he says I could not do what you do. I'm like, what do you mean? You do this all the time. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, no. He says very few people can do live without edit. Oh yeah, here because yeah, we don't edit. Again, whatever happens on this show happens on this show. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't like totally. Vegas. <laughs> it ain't like Vegas where what happens there stays there. No, what happens on this show stays. Well, I guess it does stay on the show, but it stays. It stays live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you got. I, I have to keep that in mind when I do stuff like this because you have to remember I was raised by uh, North Northeasterners, so we like to swear. <laughs> so I I got to clean myself up when I talk live. <laughs> so what drives you? Oh man, what drives me? That's a great question. Uh, to to do to obviously do music or just what drives me? Period. Just what, what drives you? Well, because everything really. You know, whatever drives you totally is really what will influence your music. So, what drives you personally? Love and passion. That's good. And uh, hard hard work and integrity and honesty and man and creativity. <laughs> I love that. That's, so when you I, those are, I mean, it, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I just yeah, those those things. Those those solid foundation there. I really like that. Um, so when you look back at your past so far, in the last, whether it's when you first started or even last six years since you moved to Nashville, but when you look back, what what are some moments that you're like, wow, I got to do that? Um, honestly, this might sound really stupid, but I worked at a restaurant in Nashville <laughs> called Nashville. Uh, Nosh is Yiddish for eat Nosh. to eat, uh, and uh, yeah. it, was, it was it was a Jewish delicatessen mm-hmm. and a New York style delicatessen, and uh, it was it was right there in Midtown on Twenty First, and it was it was right in the heat of everything. I mean, it was a block away from Vanderbilt College, uh, mm-hmm. the and it had these windows going all the way across the front of the restaurant. So you could see every, you know, on sunny days in the spring and stuff like that, you could see all the kids walking up and down. Yeah. I mean, you could just see everything, you know, you could, and uh, it was, it was such a hot spot because music mm-hmm. row is, was a block away from it. So when, oh, wow. when everybody was going to get their lunch break or, you know, when they, when they were just, Hey, you know, when they were at a session and they'd say, Hey, let's go get lunch real quick. They'd go to Nashville because it was, it was a fast, uh, you know, it was a, it was a fast thing. They, they'd come in, they'd sit down, they'd get their food, and they'd be gone within 20, 30 minutes. It wasn't, uh, you know, a, a long process. And I worked there for like three or four years, man. And I got, I got to wait on some really cool people. I mean, I waited on Chris Young a plenty of times. I just, I waited on oh, well. like so many like you know successful people in the country music industry. And it was mm-hmm. so cool to just be able to 
shake hands with these people and get to get to not, can know them. I mean, get to know what they wanted to eat. You know what I mean? It got to a point where it was like unsweet iced tea, uh, you know, two scrambled eggs and some tomato slices. Like that's, they got oh, wow. to that point. And it's just, it's, that was just a really cool experience because of where it was. I mean, I had just moved to Nashville and that was like my taste of Nashville, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. so that as stupid, as stupid as that might sound like I was, I look back on that and I'm like, that was a really cool part of my life. Uh, I'm really like happy that that was my introduction to Nashville. Yeah. Um, also like being in a rock band, uh, as and once again, like, uh, I like to think that everything we do in life, like, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't feel important in the moment has mm-hmm. something to do with why we end up where we end up. Oh, it does. And like totally being in a rock band, like that was my first time being in a band. And even when I was younger in high school and stuff like that, I always kind of wanted to be in a band, but I just, it never really worked out. I never found people to make music with. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thing, but then I got here and I found that and it just, it finally felt like something had clicked into gear. I finally felt like, okay, like this piece of me that was missing has Mm -hmm. been filled because I can now, go make music with like my oh, friends right. like me and some of and two of my best friends we made we just we'd get together and we would just make music you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that was so powerful and it was so good for me to learn that that is something that i need to do in order to like mm-hmm. kind of be happy um yeah so being in being in a rock band and just just being in any band like in general like that that was really uh, a learning lesson for me and getting to go play shows and stuff like that and then um other than that, I mean, we've I've done some really cool stuff as far as like recording in certain studios, uh, going to different studios, and like just going to sit in on a Nashville session, uh, mm-hmm. of like Nashville Nashville session players, like A list session players who have played on all oh, the right. records you've heard for like the past like you know ten fifteen years to to sit in on those sessions and also to like bring my songs into those sessions and have players play on them. That's oh, a really wow. cool experience. Uh, there's there's been some other I mean I got to open uh, Kelsey is an artist with my girlfriend Kelsey Lamb is an artist as well and she got to open for uh, Kenny Rogers so that was really cool uh, oh, I got wow. to play guitar with I got to play, I accompany her so I got to play guitar with her for that <laughs> we got we, we got to meet Kenny Rogers and that's never a bad day oh no it's always a good day there oh that's yeah. awesome <clears throat> so what's it like um, having your partner in life or partner in crime, you know, your ride or die person to be right there with yeah. you that y'all do it together. You, you know, you have, um, you're both into singing and artistry and all that. What's, what's so, that like? Sometimes it, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. Um, mostly because when one person, like when one of us is feeling down, cause it's mm-hmm. so easy. It's so easy. You like it's, and we were just talking about this the other day we're always kind of on the edge of feeling like we're doing it wrong. Like we're always on the edge of falling into that lull of like, what am I doing? And so when one of us starts talking about it and starts like just venting about it, it's very hard for the other person to not be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, what are we doing here? Um, But so that's like, that's like probably the biggest downside to it. It's like sometimes it's hard for us to like get out of our own way. Um, mm-hmm. but honestly, it's great. I mean, we, we met writing, so we, uh, we had a, we actually wrote with the gentleman who introduced us today. Uh, his name is John Nolan and he actually, uh, we co-wrote together the single that I have out right now called rich kids. 
But um, oh, wow. so we he actually introduced us like you know years back when we first met. Mm-hmm. He he texted me. He's like, hey, I have this artist named Kelsey Lamb. I I want you to write with. Do you want to write with her? And I said, yeah, sure. And so <laughs> I uh, we just started writing together. And it was funny, like, the first probably two, three months, like, we were writing together, I'd accidentally call her Lindsay all the time, and I have no idea why. But I would just be like, oh, hey, Lindsay. And she's, I'm my name's Kelsey. And so it was, it was, obviously, it was just love right from the start. Uh, yeah. But, no, it was, uh, we met that way, and now we write songs all the time together. Uh, and I think we've really helped each other develop as artists and kind of hone mm-hmm. in on, you know, what we want to do. And it might not even be, be like it might not even be in a creative uh uh way so much as it is just really kind of just like just fleshing out ideas and fleshing out like who we are mm-hmm. what we want to say and yeah. you know like you get off stage and it's like hey like should I have not said that and it's like no 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 you're good <laughs> and it's like how do, how did I do and it's mm-hmm. like you did great and it's it's or you know you walk out of a conversation with somebody that you met at a bar and, and you know mm-hmm. it's like a songwriter or something like that and you'd be like do you think I pissed him off and it's like no 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 you didn't like <laughs> you know stuff like that like because that just happens you know you didn't I mean yeah. it, it, it's this is such a social business that you're kind of mm-hmm. always worried about either impressing people or making sure you didn't offend anybody by saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. or making some or making sure you seemed interested in what they were I mean there's there's a lot of uh like you know low-key social anxiety in this town <laughs> yeah, because they say that Nashville is like a small town that where everybody knows everybody. It's a big small town for sure. I mean, it, I I hear it all the time. Like, oh, should have seen it twenty years ago. You know, from the cats who who, who have lived here all this time. But uh, <laughs> it still it still has that feel about it, man. I mean, yeah. even though it's it's a developing city and it's blowing up and there's thousands of people coming here every day. I mean, it's it is just it's especially within the music industry. Uh, you mm-hmm. see a lot of the same faces a lot, especially because we all hang out at the same places. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, there's, we hang out at the same bars and we go play music at the same bars. And so you, you see a lot of the same faces a lot. So now that we talked about a lot of the highs, let's flip the script, script a little bit. Cause where I want to be different than a lot of the other um, people out there that ask questions is I want to hear the, the struggle stories the sacrifices because I, I want people who are listening to understand, because, you know, a lot of people, they see you as an artist. And like we talked about earlier, they're like, go get a real job. And I want people to know you have a real job. This is a real job. It takes work. It yeah. takes sacrifice. It takes struggles. So let's flip the script a little bit and go that way. Tell us some of the struggles that you've went through to get to where you are right now. Man, I'd say, I mean, to start, I think it really started with, you know, basically taking the leap of faith and moving mm-hmm. here in the first place. Uh, I had, like I said, I had a good job. I was working for the government. Uh, I had a city job. So, I mean, I had, I had a pension. I had, uh, I had health insurance. I had 30 days of paid holiday a year. I mean, I was, I had a good job and I was making good money mm-hmm. at a young age. I was 21 years old and I was, you know, I was, wow. had a really good job. I mean, I was I was uh, I was working in I was actually as nasty as it sounds I was working in sewage, but it, it overall was a good job. I mean, it was it was yeah. a dirty job, but it was a good job, and uh, I uh, I saved up a bunch of money, and I told my parents I was like I'm doing it, I'm just doing it. I have no idea, you know I didn't I didn't go to college or anything, so I don't really have a plan B, you know. And a lot of yeah. folks 
you know, a lot of folks go through life and they're like, oh, you know, I got something to fall back on. And I didn't really, I still have nothing to fall back on. I mean, maybe my good looks and my charm, but I don't even know how far that will get me. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, uh, I saved up some money and I literally drove here and I found somebody on Craigslist and moved into a house. And I just, I took that leap of faith. Like I moved into a house with some other musicians and I just took that leap of faith. I mean, that was probably the, the biggest hurdle at first. And then the mm-hmm. second hurdle was, uh, I mean, I had a, I had a girlfriend that like I was with at the time, like in, in Florida and mm-hmm. I, I moved here and I knew that like my life was changing and I was changing and I, and I needed mm-hmm. to be kind of, you know, free in a, yeah. in a sense, you know, I just, I wasn't ready for that. Like that change to come with me. And I, I just wanted it to, I wanted, I just wanted to do my thing. So I, I ended yeah. up like having to break that off and that was, kind of a traumatic thing because she ended up moving up here and then ended up oh, having wow. to pack her stuff and leave like two weeks later and it was it was messy but so that was a that was a pretty rough patch um, mm-hmm. and then obviously you know you go through your you go through your stuff by yourself you know sleeping on a on a single size air mattress in a room full of your stuff in a house with strangers mm-hmm. you're, you're sitting there going like what did I do did I just screw up my whole <laughs> life like you know <laughs> So that that was a big, you know, like uh, hurdle to overcome, and mm-hmm. and then just just kind of all of that happening because your life everything changes so fast, and it's all of a sudden like mm-hmm. I'm a 21 year old kid living at my mom's house, just saving up my money, and next thing I know I'm I'm living in a house with a bunch of strangers. I just I broke up with my girlfriend, like I, <laughs> I like it, it was just it was a lot of new stuff for me. So that was that was and a people big were change. calling you crazy, I'm sure. Uh, you know, surprisingly enough, no, I, I didn't, I don't think I've ever really oh. got called crazy for doing this. Like my friends were always supportive. My family, well, I, I like, good. I oddly have this support system that and I think this, that's what's made it easier is because like, I have friends back home that are just like, they, they still believe that I like, they're like, dude, you're doing it. Like I, I've never <laughs> really, I've had, I've had more complete strangers tell me to go get a real job than I have heard that from the people oh, wow. who actually know, like know me. Um, mm-hmm. It's like when you're waiting tables at a restaurant, they go, uh, so what else do you do? And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I waited tables. So like, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. <laughs> but um, other than that, man, I just, uh, I lost, a, I probably got fired from a job like a year and a half ago because I was playing music so much and I was oh, wow. just playing shows and I ended up coming mm-hmm. into work and I had a show that night and it gets it gets kind of difficult to like juggle the whole like go play music, but now I have to mm-hmm. put it on my schedule that I'm not available this night, that night, and that night. But I need to be available this mm-hmm. night, and and I'm not really good at like organizing things like that, especially planning and all that stuff. I'm really bad at it. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's why I have Kelsey. She's really good at that stuff. But, uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah. So I ended up getting fired from my job, and it was it was actually probably one of the more funnier times that I've been fired from a job because. I walk in and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I, I can't work tonight. I know I'm scheduled to work, but I can't work. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, have, I have a gig. I have a gig. And she's like, you, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, I know, but that's what I'm doing. Cause I came here for music. I didn't come here to work at a restaurant, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, she's like, we're going to have to fire you. I was like, I understand. Like, mm. I get it. And she, I think she was kind of blown away that I wasn't more upset, but I was like, I get it, man. Like, you got to fire me. Cool. And I left and went and played that gig. And I actually haven't worked a regular job since. Oh, wow. So she almost uh, she and basically I, gave, 
made a blessing out of it. Yeah, I mean, dude, it was definitely a blessing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I I'll, I'll pick up side jobs here and there every now and then. Like I have yeah. a buddy that sells. I have a buddy that actually uh, has a mattress company, and he sells mattresses out of high school, mm-hmm. and he makes. <laughs> uh, and then he gives uh, a portion of that money back to the schools as a as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a really cool business. But yeah, I'll go work for him every now and then and make some extra money doing that. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah, I mean, I mean, that really pushed me to just like make music a full-time gig. That is, uh, I love other than that, that like, story. I haven't, you know, like besides the whole like not being there, like while my family like is getting older, you know, that part sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sucks for anybody who's away from their family. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not the first person to experience that. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the whole like, you know, you come back home and your niece is, you know, two mm-hmm. feet taller. She's, you know, she's got long hair and she's talking like an adult and you're like, who are you? you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so that kind of, uh-huh. you know, that kind of stuff is that you, I feel bad about that sometimes. I'm like, man, like I don't get to see, you know, my, my, my niece getting older and my mom and dad getting older and I, I'm not there for, you know, those certain moments. But at the same time, like I know that they know I wouldn't be happy if I was back there not yeah, pursuing exactly. my dream and, that's where that like support system comes in. But I, I do, I see them. I probably see them a few times a year and I talk to them on the phone pretty regularly. And that was tough at first though, like being away from like my family and cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I got a, I got a pretty strong, you know, family base, which I'm grateful for and I'm blessed for. Then other than that, man, I mean, I haven't, I can't really say I've had like any super dramatic hurdles. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people that have it a lot harder than I do out there. And I'm not even going to make it sound like I have it that hard because <laughs> I I got a good life, man. I mean, I, I got a great girlfriend. I, I got a family that I can call home to, you know, and they love mm-hmm. me. They support me. Uh, and I really, I just got my work ethic and I'm just, I'm just going, I'm going for it. I don't, you know, my, my, my worst day is, you know, right now is just a day where like, maybe I didn't, you know, I don't feel like I, I write a bad song or, you know, my worst yeah. day is I write a bad song and, you know, maybe I lose a gig, or maybe I didn't get the meeting I wanted to get with the with the, or maybe yeah. I got told no to by a label or something like that. But but I but you know I have that mindset, so like I'm just gonna keep pushing. I'm not like that. Yeah. You know I look I look past it. I might I might be down about it for a few hours or a day or so, and then the next day mm-hmm. it's over. Um, I will say, actually, you know what? One of my biggest hurdles so far, and this just popped into mm-hmm. my head. Um, yeah. I, so when I left the rock band, breaking up a band is one of the most, like, heart-crushing things mm-hmm. I ever had to do. I mean, I think it was actually, it was worse than breaking up with a girlfriend. Uh, oh, wow. Breaking up a band. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it was, it becomes family. Oh, my God, man. I mean, the rock band I was in, like, these guys were my brothers. Like, there was never a dull moment. We laughed about everything. I mean, we were just idiots. We were complete idiots mm-hmm. together. And uh, we never, there was never, like, we never fought. We never argued. We always, like, saw eye to eye about things. And, and, mm-hmm. and we made awesome music, too. So it was so hard for me to go, guys, I have to move on and do my own thing. Yeah. And it was tough. I mean, it was tough. And, like, and I still talk to those guys. But, you know, like, unfortunately, like, I feel like that relationship is never going to be the way it was. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the sad, like, the saddest things for me to, like, think about is like man i had this thing and it like it's not gonna be that thing it was anymore like that's gone yeah that's a, it's a part of my life that's in the past and it's one of those things i look back on and 
and I and I, I was just talking with Kelsey about this the other day. Is like I, you know, it's one of those memories that I glorify so much because it was it's great memories I had with those guys. So that honestly was probably one of the toughest things I had to do. It sounds Breaking like so far the... you've got a handle. Uh, there's a new song for you. <laughs> Breaking, Breaking the band. Up the band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good Cause, idea. Cause, yeah, so because a lot. Because I think you know we've talked with a lot of artists, and and I think it was if I'm remembering correctly, I can't remember. Well, one of I can't I won't say names because I don't know which one it was, but there were several artists that almost same thing happened to them where the band had to break up, and they said it's just heart wrenching. Um, yeah. Because you become family, you you travel together, you do this together, you do that together, so you're always together, and all of a sudden it's like a piece of you is gone. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough. And that was my rock band. I also had a solo band too, like the, some guys that played with me uh, for mm-hmm. my stuff when I when I when I finally like kind of made the leap into country music. And uh, mm-hmm. I I went and cut some sides with a producer, and they ended up you know leaving me as well. They they got really mad at me because I didn't use them uh, in the session with, if, mm-hmm. with the, the songs I cut, which is actually the single I just put out, Rich Kids. That uh, that's one of the songs I cut with this producer and. They got really, they got really upset with me about that, and you know, they kind of, they kind of told me to kick rocks as well, and so that was oh, wow. another moment. That was really tough for me because it, it not only is it like this one, this cool thing that you have, this like family thing, but mm-hmm. uh, it's such a, it's kind of a security, like it's a, it's a security blanket. Um, yeah. Like knowing that you have this tribe behind you, that mm-hmm. you know, like that's willing to help you. See, that's my wife creatively. And yeah, I mean, you know, and that, and that's what Kelsey is for me now too. And, and, and a lot of it is too now is like, I just, I have to be that for myself in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and that's something like I've kind of had to learn in the past like year, really most like recently is that I, you know, I have to, I have to be there for myself and like, I can't, yeah. I can't fall back onto, you know, anyone because theoretically like there might be no one there someday and like you have to know that like you're still going to move forward and you don't need anybody to move you don't need anybody to keep moving forward Mm -hmm. not to say that like you don't want to bring you want to bring people with you you got to have a team you got to have a team around you there's no way to do this without a team you have to have that mindset like i will be successful with or without you like yeah i'm i'm going to be (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i mean like you can either you can ride on the train with me or you know you can get off, but I'm gonna. This train's yeah. going this way. But you're you know? going. <laughs> and and you know what? This is the perfect lead way because we've talked about the rich kids twice now, and we're gonna play that song. But first, we're gonna take a small break, and then when we come back from the small break, we will play the song, and then we're gonna talk about the song. How's that sound? Sounds good, man. All right. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check was much greener on the other side of that high school lot they'd be rolling in with the brand new beamers laughing at us in our old stained spots but daddy's money couldn't buy friday nights bonfires and fishing on the creek just some real friends getting down in a small town learning how to make ends meet
I love the concept of that song. Thanks, man. <laughs> so what inspired that song? Well, tell us the uh, story behind it a little bit. Yeah, man. Uh, growing up, like I, you know, I kind of, you know, what I say, what I say before I play it usually is like, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, like I didn't necessarily feel like I had the advantage, uh, mm-hmm. and I kind of trickled over into like being here in Nashville. Like, you know, I, I kind of feel like the cards were against me because mm-hmm. here I am, just just you know, a kid with with a little bit of money in his savings account, and then moving to Nashville and like I get here and there's so many artists who either have investors or their parents are investing in them and like more power to them. Like I'm not hating on that, but the, to be, to look, to be looking at that going like, man, like I don't have any, like I don't have any money. Like I can't, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the saying, it's like, you got to have money to make money. And Mm -hmm. so to, to be sitting back and like thinking about that whole, that's kind of like the concept of the song is just like being the underdog. And, uh, and then uh, along with that, it's about, you know, when I, when I said, I felt like I didn't have the advantage by not having the advantage, we had the advantage Mm -hmm. because we were able to really like live in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, we were able to live in the moment and, you know, make something out of nothing. And yeah. that, like, kind of like the that's secondary premise of the song, too, is just, like, you know, yeah. like, living in the moment. And we were really able to just, like, live our best lives because we weren't worrying about what college we were going to go to. And I know that sounds stupid because, like, oh, you should be successful. And it's like, well, maybe you don't have to go to college to be successful. Like, you know, maybe you don't. You know, it's like yeah, not everyone exactly. has to go to college. Not everyone like has to have this huge plan planned out for their life. Mm-hmm. Some people just need to live their lives and figure it out, and that's kind of what this song's mm-hmm. about too. Yeah, that is awesome because you know I've always felt like an outcast myself, um, and because of the outcast feeling, it I never was accepted anywhere really through growing up. I ended up quitting school, ended up <clears throat> going through 19 years of addictions until God healed me 12 years ago. But you know my wife went through five years of hell because of it, you know, in our beginning years, thank God she was the kind of wife that was, she never put me down, never nagged me about the addiction, she loved me through it, and, you know, a lot of people always tell me that she allowed me to walk over her the first few years, and I don't believe that, I believe that she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her, and because of that, I am sober today for 12 years, and we we went through all that for a reason, um, I believe, and it's all to where we are today. But again, like you said, I've always been a, felt like an outcast, and I think a lot of people feel, e- even like you know the, you know, I think even your homecoming queen type stuff. I think they feel like an outcast too. You just don't know it. You just, you're like, well, you know, they got it all. You know, well, and that's, the that's thing why too, I love. I want people to. I want people to be able to listen to that song and no matter where they come from, no matter, you know, how much money they come from or anything, I want them mm-hmm. to listen to that and go and be inspired and be yeah, inspired exactly. to go like, cause you don't, you don't need all that stuff. Like it's, it's all, it's, you know, the frills are nice, man, but you don't need it. I mean, you need, I mean, what you need to do is live within your means and make the best mm-hmm. of the situation you have. And that is just what that song is about. It's just about making the best of what you got. <laughs> I love that. And not worrying living, about what other people got. Living in the moment because, you know, again, Pat, like you said, past is gone. You don't know where the future really is. I mean, we can, I mean, all the people that tell you you need to plan this and plan that, 
you know, and how many times do they plan and it don't happen? So living in the moment is all we have. Because we don't know. I mean, got, every time I try to make a plan, it just falls through. Because I've got, <laughs> I had a friend of mine. I had a couple friends in the past who were who was doing the Dave Ramsey thing to get out of debt. And sometimes I think people, again, you should get out of debt. I'm not against getting out of debt. So what I'm about to say, I want to clarify, I'm not against getting out of debt. But there's an extreme way to do it. And Dave Ramsey teaches people sometimes to where, look. Even if you've got to take second and third jobs and never see your family for five years, he said, that don't matter. Here's why it matters. I've had several friends that was on the Dave Ramsey plan, and they were, and they were about two years, two to three years in, and then they pass away. So their kids got, can look back now and know that the last two years of their life, they didn't see daddy because – because there was a group of people that said, you know what, you're in debt, you shouldn't be in debt, and again, I'm not against debt, not against getting out of debt. I'm against giving up your life to get out of debt, and that's what hey, friends give, are give, doing. Giving up your life to do anything, you know. I mean, yeah. obsessing over something to the point where it it interact, you know, it interferes with your personal life is exactly. always going to have repercussions, uh, no matter what that thing is. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get out of debt. It doesn't matter if you're trying to run a successful business or, like you said, I mean, like you've experienced, like an addiction. I mean, anything that takes over your life to that point where it's pulling away from your personal life is that's going to kill you eventually. And that's why I was glad to hear when you said that you actually do have some hobbies, and, you, and even though you don't have much time, but you do spend time outside of music and all that. Because, again, music's a great passion and can be a great career, but it's a bad god. <laughs> yeah. And. And I've seen people destroy everything. So, and again, when you're in the hunt, you're not. I get it. You're not going to have a balanced life. Um, but there is a point to where I think sometimes people destroy everything for the cause, and that's never good either. No, I mean you gotta. Well, first of all, too, as a songwriter, I mean you gotta have stuff to write about. You gotta live your life. You know, <laughs> yeah, you gotta true. go out and make. You gotta go out and make mistakes. So you got something to sing about. And you got. You gotta go out and like. You know, you go sit on the beach and stare at the ocean sometimes. You got to just sit at the house, sit on the couch and watch some TV. I mean, you have to do those things. I, I strongly believe in it. I mean, and, you know, there's there's naysayers. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I, uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger has the six rules to success. And I, I, I love the six rules of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, uh, but he said, uh, you know, he's like, while, while you are out partying, he's like, somebody is getting better. And it's so true. It is true. I mean, while you're out partying and like drinking and stuff like that or whatever you're doing, somebody is in their house getting better at the craft that yeah. you want to be good at as well. And so, but there's a balance. There's always a balance yeah, with everything. Exactly. I think as soon as you get over obsessed with anything, like it's, you know, it's, it's going to take its toll on you, if not now, in the future. And I think that that's also where it'll, it's going to help you and Kelsey if y'all go go to the next level in life um, that, that for down the road because um, when times get even more hectic, y'all are always still going to be together a lot of times. You know, because like with my wife and I, even though um, life is hectic right now with two kids and all that, we do all it everything we do. Yeah. <laughs> we do everything. <laughs> and it's funny I'm saying the hectic. I said, while we me and you were just yeah. talking, Sandy's back there kind of trying to handle and. It, 
the situation. <laughs> so we I did. I, our one-year-old pulled my purse down and was getting into everything. So I had to retrieve everything and get her settled back. But but that's part of it. <laughs> but because we're a twenty-four-seven couple. <clears throat> because we love what we love spending time together, we love what we do, and we do everything together, including the new country media. It gives us that l- a little more flexibility, so that when mm-hmm. times get tough, when it gets hectic, when we get really busy, we still can connect because we're always connected. Yes, yes, that helps totally. a lot. You're also there to call each other off your high horses too, when you when you get a little too oh yeah when you get in your, yeah when you get in your own way. <laughs> Like stand down. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Because there, there are many times where I'm sitting there, like, and I tell Sandy, I'm just not sure what we're doing here. But like what you said, you tell mm-hmm. Kelsey sometimes that, that 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 I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, because it's so it's so tough. You know, again, all business is tough. But I think yeah, we've been we, we've been part of many different industries over the years mm-hmm. since we've been married 17 years. But I believe that the music industry has got to be the toughest we've ever done. And we're not even an artist. We're on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we get it. Hey, we like my dad always said, if it, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> That's <laughs> that, right. That is definitely true. So if, you know, when you look back on your life, is there one song you can point to that says, you know what, that describes my life? And it could be yours. It could be a song that of somebody else. No matter whose song. Oh man. Um, uh, there's something about uh, Bruce Springsteen's "Born to Run." <laughs> that. Yeah. That just like puts a, puts a, just puts jet fuel in my bloodstream. I just, it just <laughs> and it it inspires me so much, and it's like, and it's mm-hmm. not even about the, because that whole song is just a metaphor. Yeah. And it's a metaphor for just that feeling of like, there's got to be more than this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I you know, and I felt that way so much when I was younger, and I still feel that way some days. But I'm learning to be more content now, mm-hmm. and being like, you know, like, well, even if there isn't, this is okay. You know, like, because yeah. I think I think that's something we have to like come back to. Like, you know, even if there isn't more than like whatever this life that you know you feel like you might be trapped in, like maybe you know maybe it's okay. You know, and because uh, I think sometimes we feel trapped, and I think I felt trapped when I was younger. And sometimes you mm-hmm. know I, I still go. You know, we all have our moods, and uh, you know I sometimes I'll be like, ah, oh, you know, I got I got to get out. I gotta you know I gotta run. You know, <laughs> and so that <laughs> that song just. I, I I don't know. I just feel so much when I hear that song. But also, uh, what I've written, and not to be like super like cliche, but rich kids. I mean, it's it's really like a, it's it's a song baby of mine. It it really yeah. is like just something because it's it's so much more than the lyrics that you hear on the surface. It's it's a it's just a lifestyle, and it's it's a way of like that I lived life, and it's a way that I still live my life. Um, but it's just, it's a way that we lived our lives when we were kids and like the way that we experienced things and the, like the pure joy we were able to have doing the most dumbest things because of <laughs> just how, you know, how just, how simple we lived. And that is, yeah. that, so that song for me is like, it really is my, my baby, uh, oh, wow. rich kids. 
So do you have a favorite venue that you've played at? Uh, in Nashville or just anywhere? Just anywhere. Um, you know, like I'm, I think I'm still searching for my favorite venue. I, I'm definitely, I'm still on the search for that one. I, I've played some and cool the, places, but I, I, I'm still, I, I feel like, uh, you know, one day when I get to either play like a, a, a good sized theater or, a, mm-hmm. or an arena, that'll probably end up being my favorite venue. But I like the intimate yeah. venues as well. I, I, I kind of like everything. I'm, 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 I'm pretty easy to please. I, I I'm so weird with favorites. Because like I, mm-hmm. I I've been asked like what my favorite color is so many times throughout my life and I do not have a favorite color. <laughs> I, I think I think they're all equally great. They're great colors. You know I just I don't know I'm not a. I have trouble with favoriting things. Yeah, so because we're family, so this is the point we always let little Chris get on air and ask his one question. <laughs> okay. So he's come on, little Chris. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Okay, here he is. Here's Christopher. Uh, uh, hi, Taylor. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, man. You know, when push comes to stuff, I just, I love a good cheeseburger. <laughs> and what's yours, Lucas? Uh, pizza. Pizza. Pizza is probably actually in my top three. <laughs> yeah, he could definitely eat some pizza. You can eat, you uh, eat it can't we all, lunch. man? Because <laughs> yeah. even cold oh, pizza is good. Yes. Oh, okay, bye. Bye, little Chris. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> he comes and Thank goes. You. It's like a flash. <laughs> He's quick and to the point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he I still Because uh, you know, always... one of those things you can see. Because I've always told people that yeah. um, you inspire purpose passion into your kids by them watching you live out yours because they have a front row seat and that's what we're trying to do with him totally mm-hmm. wow that's so true man because like everything that i always looked up to was the way my like my either way my dad did something or the way my dad mm-hmm. handled that thing or the way he the way he would handle a situation or the way my mom mm-hmm. would handle a situation like Everything goes back to your parents. Like that's like one thing I'm so blessed for is just to have two, you know, great, hardworking, fun, like loving, just fun parents. Like they're they're great people. So, um, if you had a magic wand, and what you're about to say would would come true, and I'm and I'll tell you why I'm ask ask it in this way. I always ask it this way, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. Um, where would you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it this way is because February 11th of this past year was the five-year anniversary of us asking that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And her answer, she pretty much is living five years later. So I, I always thought that was cool. Um, so you had a magic wand. Where do you want to be in five years? Man, if I could be, if I could be playing arenas, and uh, have, if I could have a few songs on the radio, maybe have a number one, be, be playing arenas. I don't have to be selling out arenas, but I, I, if yeah. I could be playing arenas or even like selling out theaters yeah. mm-hmm. or just, you know, and, and just, and I, if I could buy myself like, you know, me and Kelsey, like a little house with a few bedrooms, like on like five or 10 acres, like about mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes outside of Nashville and, you know, have a dog and be getting married and stuff like that. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's that sounds good to me. 
but I'm really awesome. making a making a career out of this. Obviously, in five years, uh, if I could have a hit song, that'd be freaking amazing. <laughs> and you know, since you have mm-hmm. been doing it for six years in Nashville, five more years—it's like because you know, it's definitely a doable goal. Hey, man, I'm on the way. Because because on the way, got to keep not, climbing. Because <laughs> yeah, because you because of course it's not like you're starting now and five years from now you've built the foundation so now all you can do is go up. For sure, man. That's the plan. So, if, <laughs> so if you had a friend that was um, just starting out in, as an artist, and let's say that you heard his voice or her voice, don't matter whether it's female or whatever, and he or she was really good. You, you know, they had really good tone, and you're like, man, they they got something, and they've got a passion for this. What advice would you give them to get them on the right track for the next couple of years? Uh, I'd say just uh, like be, just start writing songs. Try to become the best songwriter that you can be. Tell your story. Tell your truth. Uh, don't don't chase tales. Don't worry about like what anybody else is doing. Uh, focus on what's authentic to you and as soon as you have something that you think is great, odds are in six months you're going to think the new thing you're doing is great. <laughs> so record it, put it out there. I mean, it's 2020. We got Spotify. We got Amazon. Like We got we got music streaming platforms, and we, we have – technology is crazy right now. If I could tell anybody anything, it's like write the crap out of some songs and put it mm-hmm. out there and just keep putting it out there and go play shows go play in the middle of nowhere in Iowa and go play and let's go play anywhere that they'll <laughs> let you play and mm-hmm. just hone your craft, cultivate your sound and hone your craft, write as much as you can, because w- one day there's, I think a few things are either going to happen. It's like, you're going to get a record deal and you're not going to have time mm-hmm. to write songs like you did. And mm-hmm. so if you have this huge well of songs to pull from, and you wrote great songs, that's going to be a great thing to have all these songs to pull from because now, now you can, you know, now you can be, you can have like three records planned of great material. And that's besides the point, whether you keep writing stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just write, write as much as you can cultivate the sound and uh, don't be afraid to just start putting out music because the day and age we're in, I mean, that's where we are. You just got to, you got to, cause that's your calling card now. You know, it's not, you know, and, not like it was in the 70s where like you know you had to mm-hmm. look for the money to make a record like yeah. you don't need that much money to make a record nowadays you you, you mm-hmm. make a you make uh, a record you release a single like with the budget you have you make it work and you just do it and you just start doing it and you try to cultivate a sound and you try to grow a fan base on your own uh i wish i'd started <laughs> doing that years ago that's the one thing yeah i mean i don't i don't, I, I don't really have regrets because i think everything happens for a reason i think you know we're all growing but uh mm-hmm. You know, if I would have started putting out music years ago, if I had, that's if I had been, you know, if future me could say anything to old me, it would be that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. As we get to the last question here, um, is there a question that you wish people would ask you but never do? Oh, not really, no. Because you know we've actually built some of our questions around this one question because we've had some several people say things and like oh I like that you know <laughs> yeah no I I don't 
I, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, maybe I'm just spacing because, you know, I'm sitting on the phone here, but uh, <laughs> I don't think so, man. I mean, I, my knowledge. So this is self-promotion time. Tell everybody how they can reach you. Yeah, well, my name's Taylor Goyette. My last name's G-O-Y-E-T-T-E. Uh, I got a website, www.taylorgoyette.com. On Facebook, it's Taylor Goyette. On Instagram, it's Taylor Goyette Music. On Twitter, it's Taylor Goyette Music. And uh, Spotify, go type me in, Taylor Goyette. I just got a new single called Rich Kids. Go check me out. And, you, you know, thoroughly enjoyed today. We loved having you on our show. And we look oh, forward was, to definitely having you back. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I, it, was re- it was really nice meeting you guys. It was nice meeting little Chris. <laughs> oh, he and enjoyed that. We did, too. Absolutely. Make sure make sure he gets the pizza. <laughs> I we will. will. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk with you real soon. All right, nice yeah. to meet you guys. Thank you so much. All right, same here. Oh, Bye-bye. thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed today's show because we did – He's a really great guy. His artist going somewhere. His girlfriend's going somewhere too. Hopefully, we can get her on the show one day. And I forgot to ask him about that. But anyway, um, go on. Oh yes, check we'll him out. Go buy his stuff, and we'll see you on Monday.